to the news on RTHK. And welcome back to uh, a shortened uh, back chat this morning because, uh, as uh, explained earlier, the first uh, half hour from 8.30 until 9, uh, we're focusing on uh, the COVID outbreak with uh, a new programme, COVID Update, but um, uh, back chat uh, remains in a shortened version for the time being now anyway, so uh, we'll see how things uh, pan out in the future. And we'll be talking about uh, related topics or other topics. This morning, in fact, uh, we're kind of staying with COVID-19. We're going to talk about uh, uh, a suggestion uh, from the teachers' union that the uh, Hong Kong uh, certificate... Uh, sorry, Diploma of Secondary Education exams um, be delayed this year. Um, just before I do that and before I introduce uh, our guest for this next part of the programme, a few more emails uh, to read out. Um, this one from Anthony says, uh, uh, Dear Coronavirus Update, uh, I manage uh, a beauty and massage spa and have uh, a big complaint about the government's hopeless strategy. All our staff and their partners have been triply vaccinated on a timely basis. Customers have also been vaccinated. The services given are one-on-one uh, -on -one and all wear masks. Uh, for what good purpose do we take these measures when the government slams our business shut? on 7th of January without uh, so far having given any compensation. Uh, how should we find funds to pay rent, overheads and staff remuneration? What has been done to encourage landlords to give a rent break? It is true there is a plan to compensate, but it is derisory. It was announced uh, late and funds won't be forthcoming until late March. It was understandable that in 2020 it took time to roll out the anti-epidemic fund, but not in 2022, when the prospective arrival of Omicron has been flagged for months. Uh, were our financial and health secretaries asleep? Why has it taken so long to roll out the compensation? But more important, why should we close anyway? Uh, when has there been an outbreak in one of these establishments? The same could be said for many other businesses. This is a failure by government. That from uh, Anthony. Um, another one here from Vic says... Uh, government has to be decisive instead of being incremental. In the case of social unrest, the city stopped burning only after decisive action was taken. In the case of vaccination also, they have to stop dilly-dallying and take proactive uh, decisions to ensure implementation. What are they afraid of? The elderly trying to burn down mainland banks and MTR stations? Don't blame the elderly and start communicating better. Show who is in charge. Uh, thank you, uh, Vic. Um, we have a few more uh, emails as well. That uh, Oh, there's one here I'll read out now and the rest I'll save till later. Um, so this one from Charlie says... Um, this is a small cry for some common sense. I arrived from New Zealand on the 5th of February for a two weeks quarantine stay, just reduced from three weeks. Uh, New Zealand has less Omicron cases than Hong Kong. I am triple vaxxed and tested negative before boarding the plane. In addition, the NZ vax rate is around 93%. So it is very apparent that I am being held in quarantine to save me from contact... Con sorry, uh, 
contracting the virus on my release. The Philippines recognised the futility of this policy and scrapped quarantine. The rest of Asia is opening up. We cannot uh, foreseeably control the spread of Omicron. In addition, I will undergo eight tests in quarantine and two more on release, not to count the one I had on arrival. In New Zealand, before departure, I paid uh, New Zealand dollars uh, 525 for the test. That is around 2,800 Hong Kong. There were 40 passengers on the flight. What a waste of valuable resources. I'm in agreement with the person who said that those who have been vaxxed are being held to ransom. Some might say those who... Uh, by those who won't get vaccinated. If we achieve the 90% threshold and observe the health requirements with masks, etc., I say we have to get on with life. That's from Charlie. Thank you. OK, uh, we're now joined on the line by Mervyn Chung, the chairman of the Hong Kong Education Policy uh, Concern Group. Good morning to you, Mr Chung. Yeah, good morning. So uh, we've had some uh, teachers suggesting that... Um, the uh, the exams, the forthcoming exams, the Hong Kong Diploma of Secondary Education, um, be delayed because of the uh, COVID situation. What, what's your response to that? Uh, well, personally, I'm not for making too early decisions on deferring the um, the DSE examination uh, since the stake involved is very high. Uh, as we all know, it's the um, most important means employed generally to select students for public university education, both in Hong Kong and, and elsewhere. And uh, we still have uh, over two months before the major subjects uh, of the DSE examination begin to be tested. So it's better for us to keep in close will uh, of, the of the development of the of COVID situation before taking a final decision. If, uh, we really want to to defer the examination nearer the time. Mervyn, good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, we have had two years of experience now. I still remember in 2020, we did postpone the DSC, the starting of DSC, for about a month. And then um, it didn't really affect the announcement of results uh, in late July. It was like two weeks later. Um, I guess, uh, and in 2021, um, everything was uh, already running very smoothly with schools uh, knowing how to set up assembly halls to have the 1.5 meters uh, social distancing. And we have not had, you know, uh, an infection because of a public exam. So I think now comes 2022. Um, I. Um, I, I wonder, you know, what, what you think is um, necessary to improve the system to make sure that um, students, our Form 6 students, can have the DSC in a safe way. What, what yeah. would be your suggestions? Yeah, precisely. Uh, I think at this stage, uh, what the uh, Hong Kong Examinations and uh, Assessment Authority, XKEA, and the Education Bureau should do is to consider the different scenarios and also the, the associated uh, possible sol uh, solutions that can be applied. It. And uh, we, as you have just mentioned rightly, that uh, we already have had two years of uh, this kind of uh, uh, conducting uh, public examination amidst uh, the kind of uh, virus spread. And such experience is, is, is very important in, in, in guiding the conduct of, of these examination in our head. So, uh, yes, we need to improve the system. For instance, uh, we can uh, we can source for more backup venues, both um, 
uh, both in terms of uh, school examination halls and also uh, more more classrooms in, in the same venue for for the kind of uh, contingency uses. And at the same time, we we uh, we need to be very strict with the social distancing and anti-COVID measures that will be in place and enforced for admission uh, to the exam venues and and also in the conduct of the actual examination. So the um, the, uh, the social distance of uh, 1.5 meters apart be, uh, between examination furniture should be strictly enforced. Or if necessary, uh, we can increase it uh, to over 1.5 uh, meter, and that might even provide greater safety to the students and also to people who are working in the examination centers. And uh, one thing that we need, uh, this is something that we need to decide early, is that um, there should be proper arrangements for quarantine the candidates. And those who who are detected to be confirmed while at the school venues. So what kind of uh, things has to be uh, done for this kind of, uh, so to speak, special candidates? And, uh, uh, you know, in, in, in a way that uh, they can be alerted uh, well in advance. Well, in, in the usual circumstances, if a candidate is sick, then um, he or she will be absent from the exam, and um, and the result will say ABS, right? Absent. Yeah. But um, are you suggesting that, you know, if a young person is quarantined or is um, at Penny's Bay or at uh, hospitals, uh, but without um, without severe symptoms, do you think, you know, they, they should provide him with a room uh, so that they can take the exam there or something similar? Yeah, uh, it's something along that line. Uh, for instance, giving them the, uh, a small, a special room for for still sitting the the subject that that is affected uh, during the period of isolation, and and of course that uh, they they should be proved medically fit for uh, taking uh, taking such an examination. But anyway, I think uh, the best thing should be should be considered for them since uh, is is. Uh, at the end of the uh, of the secondary schooling, this is the uh, the test that can affect the academic future or even career future quite quite a lot. Okay, we're also uh, joined now by uh, Dion Chen, who's the uh, chairman of the Hong Kong Direct Subsidy Scheme Schools Council, and also uh, principal of uh, Yinghua College. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so, what what do you think about this uh, idea that the DSE exams uh, should be postponed? Well, like, uh, in fact, this year, the DS examination has already postponed it and then compared to the previous year's arrangement. And, uh, of course, like, uh, further postponement could be good for the students to prepare for the exam. But, like, we're also concerned about, like, catching the university's application date. And not just only in Hong Kong, but also overseas. Students in Hong Kong, they really need this qualification to apply for the universities in Hong Kong or, or overseas. If further postponed it, I'm not too sure whether the uh, HAEA, they really have sufficient manpower to finish the marking and also all the administration uh, creative work on time. Right. Um, Principal Chen, um, what, what are your students' thoughts these days, the Form 6 students? Are they, are they concerned about postponement or are they more concerned about um, not being able to take the exam? Well, like uh, quite a lot of them, they really would like to continue with the original schedule to have the examination as long as like, all the precautionary measures could be done uh, in, uh, appropriately. And, uh, 
as shared by the previous guest, and uh, in Hong Kong, in past two years, we continue, we can successfully continue with the uh, DHS examinations without any issues. I think like it, it is definitely a very good experience for this year's to follow, and uh, I think especially in the last two years, then we have a, one arrangement talking about like uh, spreading the students in different classrooms for examinations, and also suspended the school uh, the school day for other students while we are having the uh, major examinations in school. Then I think it helps to really reduce the uh, the risk of uh, inf- uh, getting infection. Well, I also understand that uh, for some subjects, um, uh, you know, the exam authorities have suggested to um, to exclude, let's say, the oral part. Um, can you tell us more about that, or do you think that could be scrapped um, in the future as well? Hmm. Um, generally speaking, in Hong Kong DSC curriculum, we only have a Chinese and also English language, uh, apart from like the we call it the third language. Okay, if we talk about the uh, the language the students they must take will be Chinese and English, and these two languages and require the speaking component. Uh, for Chinese language, uh, the EDB and also the CVA, they have already made a decision to cancel it like uh, quite a long time ago uh, for this year and also for next year from six students. But for English-speaking components, uh, they also made a decision to cancel it right before the Chinese New Year holiday because that examination should be taken in mid-March originally. I think like because in view of the current pandemic situation, so they, they decided to cancel it. Of course, it is not, uh, not not a perfect situation to all students because some of the students, their examination strategy is to face higher, uh, no waiting on the speaking components. They really need the speaking parts to help them to get higher marks in order to get a higher grade or levels in the overall English uh, language the subject. Right. Um, um, Mervyn, I'm quite aware yeah. that um, you know this batch of students who will be taking the DSC They've had a, a pretty unusual senior secondary school life. Um, they have entered Form 4 in, in the year 2019-2020. They uh, have had fewer school days in that school year. And then for the last school year, it's uh, the same story. Um, and then things got uh, a little bit more normal with uh, the vaccinated students being able to return to school um, for a full day session. But still... Um, uh, you know, time flies and they have to leave secondary school now and they um, uh, they haven't actually had a really, um, I would say, a more a holistic education. Do you see anything different uh, from your perspective? And I would also like to ask Principal Chen the same question later. Mervyn first. Yes, uh, I think um, for, for, for this batch of students, um, they, they suffer quite quite a lot in terms of uh, actual um, physical class uh, attendance because uh, yeah, since uh, 2019 they start to have the kind of Zoom classes and the the full normal school days are getting to, uh, increasingly remote to them so um, yeah so that I'm afraid that uh, this will have uh, some kind of uh, impact on them when they proceed to higher education um, only only in a few months' time. So, um, well, maybe one, one remedy is for uh, uh, public, publicly funded uh, institutions in Hong Kong uh, to give them some kind of um, 
uh, training or, or uh, extracurricular activities, which uh, prior to the, the formal commencement of the academic year in, in September, um, uh, for instance, during the, um, the orientation camps or, or during the, the, the summer break, so that they can be, uh, to some extent, compensated for the kind of uh, education and training that that uh, that is vital for for university education. So uh, let's hope for the best, you know let's hope for the best uh, you know for for this group of uh, relatively uh, unfortunate students. Yes, and pro- uh, Principal Chen. Right. Um, generally speaking, I would I would say that like. Uh, Certainly, the students, they did not have a uh, holistic like, senior education. Uh, at the same time, I probably can use the word like they don't really have a very fruitful senior uh, secondary school life. Uh, not just only the learning time they affected, but also like the social interactive time and also like assembly time, everything being uh, tremendously cut down. Um, what can we do about this then? I think like EDP and also HAEA, they have tried their best to reduce the, you know, the components or some of the uh, parts in various subjects. However, I think that like if the government can make the decision a bit earlier, so that when the school prepares the students while they are still in like maybe from four and from five, uh, then we can have more time to focus on other needs of the students, not just only chasing up about the uh, curriculum side, and uh, it will it will definitely benefit our students. But for the for current cohort, I mean the current form six students, they are approaching to the examination now. It will be very difficult for I think for the government of us to change anything. But like something good we can do is that we can see what we can help the students to get into the institutes that they want to do. Uh, of course, like uh, universities or tertiary uh, institutes, they have the admission criteria. But any kind of other support that we can offer to the students, that is something we can think about. Right, so I, I'm thinking about 21st century skills because employers are talking about creativity, problem-solving skills and collaborative skills and, you know, having a broader vision, um, having been able to travel around to do cultural exchanges. I guess that in, in, in more normal days, uh, you would have taken your students to mainland China, you know, to... Um, to see, uh, to see the country and, and so on and so forth. And there would have been more sports, uh, more team building and so on and so forth. Now, these are not academic as such, but um, they are very important uh, as part of the overall growth of a young person. I'm just wondering, you know, how the education sector and actually the Hong Kong society as a whole can, can do more to assist um, uh, these few batches and, you know, what lessons can we learn so that we can build a more resilient uh, generation from it? I hope that, like, uh, if we talk about the current Form 6 students, while they can get chance to get into universities or test of education, that could be something that we can rely on them to do a little bit more for them. But for those who are still in the secondary school, we hope that, like, uh, when we really have chance to have a face-to-face lesson, then we can spend more time on these elements, as just mentioned, about the 21st century skills or the way they... Um, the, the, or, or we call it character building, okay, the element. Uh, uh, rather than just only focusing on, like, the chasing of the curriculum. So that's why I said earlier that if the government can make the early decision to reduce the level of, or reduce some of the components in the public examination curriculum, then you can free up some time of schools to look after students uh, and other needs, just as, like, the 21st century skills or character building, or even, like, 
of their physical size. Because like uh, in the past few years, the students really, really have no time to do much training in school or with their classmates or schoolmates. So what kind of impact will that have uh, had on students um, having to do Zoom classes and not being able to do face-to-face -face classes? I think one of the main issues is that uh, school will be very difficult. I can't say we can't do it, but it's really, really challenging for the teachers of the school to look at the students' well-being, not just in academic learning, but about like the sort of the emotional state and, and also their personal growth. And over the screen then, sometimes we can't see the real person, or sometimes because of the internet connection, we may not be able to see the students like uh, 100% during the whole lesson, uh, you know, sort of face-to-face, -face, okay? And so it's very difficult for the school or for the teachers to understand the students' the, the actual need. And at the same time, the students also have very, very rare time to interact with other students. You know, sometimes like uh, arguing with their uh, schoolmates or their friends also, of the way of growing, right? And uh, so without these kind of the opportunities, not just only over the screen, so they possibly do not have such experience and to, you know, interact with others. Mervyn mm -hmm. um, Chung, do you think there'll yeah. be any uh, long-term effects on the current generation? Yeah, uh, well, this is most unfortunate because, uh, as uh, Principal Chen has just mentioned, they lack uh, the kind of... Uh, um, holistic uh, training in terms of their uh, 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 basic education. So um, this is particularly obvious uh, well, in the area of uh, uh, social interactions and, and also academic interactions, because um, in the course of a class delivery, students are normally expected to be able to express uh, their ideas on, 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 the, on the topics. And then they can also you know, argue or discuss with, with their uh, fellow classmates. And uh, with Zoom classes, uh, this kind of interaction is practically uh, difficult. So uh, I think, um, so what I'm, I'm most worried is that uh, when, when, uh, when students, um, say this year, uh, go into universities, whether or not their standards, their training, and, and, and also their, uh, their social skills are sufficient to handle uh, a much freer education uh, on the university campuses mm. because uh, they are already away from the basic education stage. So it is uh, practically not possible for them to be, uh, to be taught again what they have missed out uh, in the secondary school days. So I think uh, it would be up to the uh, Education Bureau, the, the University Grants Committee, together with universities and possibly uh, the Home, Home Affairs Bureau as well, to consider ways of, uh, uh, of having some kind of compensating uh, um, activities for, for, this, uh, 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 for these few cohorts of students who miss out quite a lot. Okay. Uh, during the secondary school days. All right. Well, thank you very much uh, for speaking to us uh, on the program this morning. Uh, uh, Mervyn Cheung there, the chairman of the Hong Kong Education Policy Concern Group. And thank you also very much to Dion Chen, the chairman of the Hong Kong Direct Subsidy Scheme Schools Council and also principal of Yinghua College. Now this.
And we're joined now by Atom Chung for a roundup uh, of the action at the Beijing Winter Olympics. Uh, good morning, Atom. So I think you're going to kick off with some news of uh, figure skating and the and the Russian competitor Camilla Valieva. That's right. Yeah, I, I thought it was very exciting to see that uh, she's become the first woman to land a quadruple jump at the Olympics. And uh, I was actually a bit surprised that no woman uh, until now uh, has uh, done that in the Olympics because you see that a lot in the men's competition. Uh, and, and they do the quad drum in the world championships. But yeah, she's now uh, the first woman to land a quad in the Olympics. Uh, she made two, actually, and uh, was very excited afterwards. And she also helped the uh, ROC win gold in that team event. And I think it's good for the sport because with uh, something like figure skating, you need a sort of a, a star to, to, to capture the attention of the fans. So now all the other women skaters are looking at Valieva as the person to beat. Mm, great. Okay. And, and then um, a one-two finish for China in men's uh, short track speed skating. That's right. And it was a pretty chaotic finish too because uh, now what happened was uh, Ren Ziwei ended up winning gold, but uh, it was the Hungarian skater uh, Shaolin Sandor Liu who crossed the line first, but he got penalized for making contact with Ren uh, just before crossing the line. But there was a lot of contact in the buildup and uh, Ren actually even grabbed uh, Liu uh, ahead of uh, uh, the mm. finish. So there was contact both ways, but the, the uh, referees decided it was a penalty against the Hungarian. And so uh, Ren won gold. He also won gold for China earlier in the uh, mixed relay. And uh, his compatriot Li Wenlong took silver for China. And uh, yeah, and a silver medal for China in the snowboard event. Yeah, and that's a first for, China, uh, for a Chinese uh, male snowboarder to win an Olympic medal in snowboarding. And that was a pretty exciting finish, too. Uh, Su Yiming won silver there for China. He actually had the lead going into the final and was a favorite to uh, top the podium. But then... Canada's Max Perot stepped up. And, and that's a great story because Perot is a cancer survivor. Uh, three years ago, he didn't know if he could compete again. and uh, But he really stepped up. He actually looked great at the X Games, but he really delivered when it mattered most. So he won gold. And uh, another Canadian, Mark Memoris, took bronze there. Okay, and what do we got to look forward to today? Well, I'm really looking forward to the uh, figure skating, the men's short program. Uh, Yuzuru Hanyu of Japan, the two-time defending Olympic champion, will take to the ice uh, this morning. Actually, the start time is 9.15, so uh, mm. it's already happening. Mm. So I expect Hanyu to be skating later uh, in the uh, short program event. So he's definitely a favorite. Uh, he's looking to become the first... Uh, man to win three straight Olympic golds. Uh, the last one to do it, the only other skater to do it back in the 20s, a Swedish uh, skater named Gilles Grastrom. Mm. And uh, a very uh, interesting uh, athlete, Eileen Gu, is going to be uh, competing today, isn't she? In the uh, the what's it the free ski big air that's yeah. right uh, freestyle skiing big air she uh, did just enough to get into the final uh, she was a little shaky but did just enough to uh, get a place in the final today that starts in the next hour actually uh, Gu Ai Ling she's uh, 18 born in San Francisco but speaks fluent Mandarin very 